Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. No days off! No days off! No days off! No days off! This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball! <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone great. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal! 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 Hannibal. Oh, Mr. Dot Comer fight. on WEI.com. Emergency podcast, no, Antonio Brown is not coming to the Patriots. Sorry, Andy, but the Patriots have another little scandal uh, on their hands. Put scandal in quotes, please, because it's not a real scandal. Even though people want it to be a scandal, it is not a real scandal. Correct, correct. Uh, just getting to it, I guess you wrote a column on, on the website, um, hit, hit it pretty much right on the nail on its head. Uh, give us your take on what happened. So... We all know that the Patriots have a very um, active content arm. Uh, Quite frankly, no one knows that better than I because I spent 20 years as part of that uh, content arm. Patriots.com, Patriots.com radio, podcast, television, Patriots All Access. It is now under the header um, of late Craft Sports Productions. And um, they do a ton of video work. And one of the things they've been doing are these Do Your Job uh, sponsored series of behind-the-scenes um, follow people around, whether it's Nancy Meyer, who is Nick Casario's um, secretary, who's been in the scouting department for 30 years, or Jimmy D, who's the video director, who's been around for 30 years, and how they do their jobs and how their jobs have evolved. And to do these, they shoot a lot of behind-the-scenes footage. I mean, some of it, uh, I'm even surprised that they've gotten approval through Bill Belichick and Bears Nigerian, who sort of, you know, oversee everything that emanates from Gillette Stadium. You know, for example, they, they did the, the Jim Whalen one, the trainer, and, you're, you know, you're seeing footage of, like, meetings talking about player injuries and, and behind the scenes. And um, So I think it's actually been really good content, and the latest one, or one of the ones they're working on, was um, one of their advanced scouts, and they got approval to follow him to a road game, and we all know advanced scouts watch upcoming opponents. Browns hosted the Bengals and the scout was in the press box and they interviewed him and they, you know, sort of took some B-roll of what he does in terms of 
you know, sitting there with binoculars and focusing on the sidelines and position groups and that. And then, unfortunately, um, the crew, which was one member of Craft Sports Productions and two freelance workers, um, put their camera right up against the glass and focused on the Bengals' sideline, essentially to show you what you know, this, this scout is looking at through his binoculars. So, you know, I'm sure in the final production you would have seen, although you probably now never will see, um, you would have seen him, like, using his binoculars, folks on the sideline, and then cut to what he's looking at, which is the sideline. They left it left it there for an extended period of time. Um, I guess the Athletic is recording it's eight minutes, but it was basically the first quarter. And from what I have been told, there was even a monitor attached to the camera showing exactly what was being recorded to everyone in the area, in the uh, first energy press box. So this is a case of a big company, you know, one arm, not football operations, was doing something and made a mistake. Because you can't. You can't record the field. You can't do that from the press box. It's not allowed. Bill Belichick released a statement saying that. All our scouts know that. Um, This isn't part of his work. Um, And now, unfortunately, my guess is this is going to turn into a big deal and because of the Patriots' history with Spygate, they are forever, you know, they have that scarlet letter C on their chest for cheaters. Um, I think this is going to lead to some some punishment from the league. Um, uh, one aspect that I think is drawing some interesting attention, and I don't know how worthy the criticism is, um, the Patriots, you know, Craft Sports Productions, they got their credential through the Browns, their PR department, did not notify the Bengals, did not notify the league office that they were doing this, but... I can see why people wouldn't necessarily think to notify them. I don't, I don't really see the need. You know, you're in the Brown stadium. They're the ones that need to give you the approval and need to let you do your business. Well, I think, you know, thinking about it now, they probably should have alerted the Bengals and the NFL just because of the nature of what they were doing. Um, right. Just obviously, you know, if, if the Bengals are there and they see a video camera focus on their sideline, they're obviously going to wonder what's up. And, you know, being having a first-year coach um, – you know, having their sideline be sort of a, a mystery, I guess. You can understand why they're frustrated, but I don't know. I guess to for transparency, the Patriots probably should have got in touch with the Bengals and the NFL just to give them a heads up of what they're doing so that this didn't turn into a big thing and the Patriots could have said, hey, you know, we told you ahead of time we're, we were going to do this. Just want to make sure you're aware of it. I think just, just to cover all of their bases, the Patriots probably should have alerted both those parties. In hindsight, sure. But I also think that's one of those things that you could easily not think of or just easily say, no, we, I mean, Browns Stadium, Browns PR, Browns Press Box, we got a credential, we got approval. Um, and, and you also have to remember, this is – once it's, you know, I think it kind of goes through the Patriots PR department, and then once you get approval to do it as Craft Sports Productions, once you get approval from the Browns, now you're just a, a producer, essentially. You know, you're on the ground, you're not thinking about these types of things in terms of, of you know, competitive football. You know, you don't think of it as a football rules violation. I have nothing to do with football. I'm trying to tell a story as a an artiste. Um, so you don't even think of your work negatively or positively affecting actual football or on-field events. And I know, again, because of history, because of Spygate, um, you kind of lose that benefit of the doubt. You know, it's basically what I wrote in the column, like that that died in Spygate. I mean, I, I, don't, I personally think if this were 31 other teams 
maybe you hear about it. I maybe maybe after it. the fact. Like yeah, you, you don't you don't hear it the next day. No, I, I don't even. I'm, I think maybe it's a local story for like Cincy and whatever the other team would be. I don't think this would reach national levels. I think it's a non-story for 31 teams, but because you're Bill Belichick, because you're the Patriots, because your, as I wrote, reputation precedes you, it is a big deal. And it is a young coach, a young organization, and Zach Taylor. Um, you know, would this be different if it were Andy Reid on the sideline as the opponent? I don't know. Um, I just, to me, it's, it's, it's literally much ado about nothing. But the unfortunate part is, because it's the Patriots, it's much ado about something. And my guess is they're going to be penalized for doing something that's not allowed. Um, and given their history, I don't know if that will be above and beyond what would seem reasonable. To me, this is a slap on the wrist. Fine. You did something dumb. You didn't think of it. Move on. Um, I hope it's not more than that. I certainly hope it doesn't affect anybody's job with the Patriots. Um, you know, that's... That's where these gray areas get you in trouble. And as I said, I lived it for 20 years. You know, you work for the Patriots. So the reality is, for 20 years, I worked for the Patriots. Bill Belichick considered me an outsider, part of the media. The media considered me part of the team. And you're a man without a home. You're, you're in no man's land. And that's that's just the reality of life when you work for a team like that and, and a team like the Patriots that differentiates so strongly between content production and the actual football team. But... I guess it is what it is. That's that's the life, and it's just it's just unfortunate um, because I do believe it's simply an honest mistake by a couple people who didn't really think it would be a big deal or should have thought better. I guess I, it's too bad. Yeah, we can get into more of the fallout later on, but I guess we should make it clear that, and and you would know this better than anyone, Bill Belichick is not seeing this B-roll. He has nothing to do with the production. He probably doesn't even see it unless it's, you know, he's watching it somewhere. Like, like he's not sitting down and watching a do-your-job film. That's just not what he does, not what he concerns himself with. So he, you know, I think it's worth noting that usually he just no comments these types of things, but each time he's been asked about this the last couple of days, he's defended himself and actually spoken on the topic. And to me, that shows clearly that he wants to distance, distance himself and make it perfectly clear that he has absolutely nothing to do with it. And, th- and that's true. You know that better than anyone. He has nothing to do with it. He does not. I mean, he can veto, obviously, access. I mean, if you request to talk to a player, to talk to somebody, it goes through PR. And I think it then at times goes to Bears Nigerian, who's sort of his right-hand man, the gatekeeper. And I think it actually ends there 99.9% of the time where Bears Nigerian makes a decision based on what he thinks is good for the team and his 20 years of experience with Belichick. I think almost nothing gets to Belichick's desk um, in terms of this this type of thing. And you're right. He would have never seen this do your job in all likelihood. I will tell you, I think the people that are the, the focus of these really enjoy them because you think about how secretive and quiet everything is in Foxborough and how much, you know, behind the scenes, you don't see a lot of this stuff. And, you know, I think these people work really hard for, for limited promotion or payoff. And, you know, I think somebody like Nancy Meyer or Jimmy D or, you know, these very Jim Whalen, you know, it's nice for your friends and your family to see you getting promoted. And it's kind of a cool thing. Um, but certainly Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick isn't watching them or producing them or caring about them. Um, He's in the business of, you know, winning football games and that 
business hasn't been great of late. Uh, ultimately, this whole thing comes down to common sense to me, too. Like, for people that really think that this is the whole cheating scandal on Spygate, too. Like, would the Patriots really be that stupid, number one, to set up a camera in the press box with all those people there watching them film the Bengals' sideline? And number two, like you said, would they trust freelance people from Cleveland <laughs> to be involved in this, you know, to be involved in, in a, an a, uh, event like that, a project like this, to to be to be cheaters, that just doesn't make any sense. Ultimately, just this just comes down to common sense. And and think about it: would the Patriots really, you know, do all of that? And then against the Bengals, like, wouldn't they save this for like the Ravens game or something? Yeah, uh, but I think common sense goes out the window when you're talking about the Patriots. You either have irrational Patriots fans, right? Patriot Nation, Fitzy, the Jerry Thorntons of the world, the Matt Chathams of the world, or you have irrational Patriot haters, and they all can kind of bend themselves, tie themselves into knots to deal with these types of things, and, you know, the reality is, you're right, common sense would say the 1 in 12 Bengals, you need to cheat to beat the 1 in 12 Bengals, and you did it with a freelance, like, there's a cameraman and an audio guy, I'm guessing, are the two other people, like... You want them at their local bar tonight or Monday night saying, you know what I did yesterday? Help the Patriots cheat. Yeah, it was awesome. And, like, I don't know why you would – you wouldn't do that with even trusted employees. Never mind. Right. Outsiders bring them into this world. It just makes no sense on any level. And I've seen people try to spin it forward as, you know, Zach Taylor comes from Sean McVay and they're preparing to play Sean McVay in the Super Bowl again and they're trying to get something on the system or the this or the that or – I, I can't even follow the lack of logic in, in those scenarios. I just, and, you know, I, I don't know for sure the guy, but a lot of the reports said he was wearing a Patriot shirt. So now you're Well, the athletic story said a, said a Bruin shirt. Oh, a Bruin shirt. Okay. Yeah. First time I saw one reported, I saw somebody say that he had a Patriots logo on. And it's just, I, I don't really understand any of it. Um, it just makes no sense to me that, I mean, I guess you go with the theory that, they were doing it so out there and so obvious because people would think if they were doing something bad, they wouldn't do it. So it's like double reverse thinking, logic, psychology. I don't know. Um, but the reality is it all comes back to their history, their reputation, their adversarial relationship with the league and other teams. And my guess is that in the end, that is going to cost them some sort of form of penalty. I have an issue with the way that the Bengals actually went about it because, like we talked about earlier, this probably is a non-story with 31 other teams. And, you know, sure, the Bengals could have alerted the league and handled it that way. And then maybe if the Patriots were found to have done something wrong, a fine or whatever comes out, you know, next week or whatever, and it gets leaked to Schefter or Rapport and one of the Sunday shows. But for the Bengals to sort of leak it to their, I guess their color analyst was the one that asked the question at Zach Taylor's press conference yesterday, and that sort of started the whole snowball effect. And then you had Diana Rossini, who just happened to be watching Zach Taylor's press conference. And I find it hard to believe that, you know, a, a high-profile ESPN reporter is just watching Zach Taylor in the 1-12 in Bengals Monday press conference. So, to me, I just thought the Bengals sort of went about this the wrong way and, and brought a lot of attention on this because of them. And 
with maybe a team like I said, like if this was the Chiefs and Andy Reid, maybe they they just handle this, you know, between them and the NFL. But the Bengals, I think, made a, a, a way bigger deal of this than they needed to be, and that's why the story is now way bigger than it needs to be. And you look at it, there's some similarities to Spygate. You know, it's not a Patriots assistant in Eric Mangini, but it's a young, unestablished coach, a, you know, a young GM. They're trying to, you know, Tannenbaum, they're trying to establish something. And Zach Taylor, maybe they don't handle it the right way. I'm not even sure who makes these calls for Cincinnati, um, if it's above Zach Taylor's pay grade. But you're right, it's certainly, I mean, this is the equivalent of Scott Zolak going down to the press conference and sort of, getting the snowball going on, on a controversy. Um, it certainly feels like it was sort of a media setup from a Bengals perspective. And yeah, Diana Rossini just happens to be, you know, pushing the ball down the hill and she's notified of it. And, you know, when Adam Schefter kind of comes back with a Patriots perspective, Rossini continues to come back with information that she's getting from the Bengals or the Bengals security, whatever. So it's, it is what it is. It's, it, it's a, a scandal, because of the Patriots, and, and I, I firmly believe that, that if you just replaced any other name within, and again, you could say if you replace the Bengals with others, it might be different. Like Andy Reid would just call Bill personally and say what the, you know, was going on. Um, but I think if you replace the Patriot name in the first part of it, then it's it's just much ado about nothing. Um, but, you know, deflate gate, a lot of people think that was much ado about nothing, and that almost ended up in the Supreme Court. Um so you just never know with these NFL scandals and NFL issues and the Patriots, um, how they roll and how they get out of control. And, you know, a little spark turns into a brush fire and a brush fire turns into a forest fire. Um, so what, just, where do we go from here? Does the league come down with a ruling this week? Does it take a couple of weeks? Because I'm sure they're going to want to see the whole email chain, like who, like how these freelancers were, you know, notified and what they were told to do like i'm sure the nfl is going to want to see all of that they're not just going to believe the patriots at face value they're going to want to see evidence and you would assume that the patriots do have this evidence so do you think this is something that gets resolved by the game sunday or are we t- still talking about this next week and maybe the weeks to come i think it'll be resolved quicker um i think the patriots fell on their sword right their statement that they released took full responsibility for the actions but said the football team had nothing to do with it. This was a New England Patriots craft sports productions business issue, not a Bill Belichick, New England Patriots football issue. Um, and I think you're right. They're probably very easily can get emails from internally with the Patriots, whether it's, you know, Matt Smith who runs craft sports productions video arm or Fred Kirsch, my former boss that everybody knows from Patriots unfiltered um, down through and over to Stacey James requesting approval to get at, you know, credentials, emails to the Browns, get credentials. I think it would all be pretty easy to locate, deal with, surface, get to the league. You know, they have the recordings. They have whatever happened. They did the interview. Um, I, I think the longer this goes on, the worse it gets in terms of a black eye for the league. It's like you give more time for speculation and ideas and misinformation and misreports. Um, I think you want to just deal with it. Get all the information and say it was an honest mistake, but you broke a rule, right? Yep. I mean, to, to me, that's what it is. It's an honest mistake that broke a rule. Penalize them, find them. The only thing that is weird for me is will they penalize them like it's an honest mistake that could happen to anyone? Or will they penalize them that it's, even if they believe it's an honest mistake, happened to the Patriots and the Patriots' history and 
are they, you know, recidivists? This is their third strike. And because, I mean, we've seen how things have grown, you know, $500,000 fines, million-dollar fines, first-round picks. I, I can't envision that happening, but I'm, I've been surprised before. Yeah, to me, you're, 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 you're looking at a, uh, no doubt a heavy fine just because you did broke a, break a rule. The Patriots admitted that. Like, there's no denying that, that a rule was broken, so you have to pay the right. price for that. So a fine there. But then you're right. Do they get into draft picks? Because, I mean, it didn't really have anything to do with the football department, so how can you penalize the football department for something that they didn't have anything to do with? That's where there's that gray right. area. But I also, like, even... I was a little surprised that the Steelers were fined, I believe $250,000 for Mason Rudolph incident was a lot to me, like kind of stunned me um, that a team and organization is fined for individual actions on the field. But if even if that's seen as the precedent, almost like yeah, it doesn't matter. It involved your employee, your logo, your work. Um, so I, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little uncertain as to where this goes in terms of punishment. And but it's also like to me, you know, you, you the cop pulls a guy over with a minor speeding ticket, doing 46 and a 45, and then he runs his driving history and realizes this is like his 12th violation. And all of a sudden, the guy's in handcuffs for driving to endanger. And you're like, wait a minute, he was going 46 and a 45. For anybody else, you wouldn't have even pulled him over, kind of thing. Um, so I just, I, I'm curious to see where this goes. But the big picture, I think the league needs to get it done fast uh, and try to move on from this because I think the longer it goes, the more it grows. All right. Uh, sorry for the audio quality-ish. We wanted to get this out quickly, so it might not be the, the best audio, but I think it's good enough for uh, the subject matter and, and you know the purpose of getting it out quickly. We'll be back with our uh, regular podcast tomorrow from Gillette Stadium in our little office cube area type thing. And we'll uh, get into my column today on uh, the blame pie with the Patriots offense. You have some issues to take up with me, I, I hear. Uh, as the, I think it used to be in living color. They reacted to things and said, hated it. Um, <laughs> we'll get into Josh McDaniels being equally to blame for the struggles as the offensive line. I found that ridiculous, but we can get into that argument in the next episode. Good tease. All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace out. Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.